Still reading the same book, because there's a lot of chapters, this is the Bennett Brothers podcast for the Disney Plus Star Wars show, The Book of Boba Fett, Chapter 3, The Streets of Moss Espa. And I'm Joel Bennett. Thank you for joining us yet again as we talk about the latest episode of the new Star Wars television show, Book of Boba Fett. We're going to spoil the heck out of it, so go watch it before you listen to this. Or if you just want to listen to this and get all your information from us, sure, do it. We'll be here for you. We'll take it either way. If you want to join the conversation, go to facebook.com slash Bennett Brothers Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at Bennett Bros Pod or send us an email, Bennett Brothers Podcast at uh, gmail.com that's those are great ways to get in touch with us or yell at the window as jerry always uh recommends uh we got a lot to talk about this episode there's a it's it's got a lot of opinions from a lot of people out there in the world uh split and we're actually leaning a little towards the negative but we're gonna give our own opinions because this is our podcast and if you want to have I your do own know opinion that... do your own podcast <laughs> <laughs> well i do know that uh my son Nick is dying to hear your opinion of this episode. Mm-hmm. I, I look forward to giving it to him. But before we get into that, though, we're going to talk just a little bit about the news. Uh, do you want to start, Jerry? Do you have any news? No, I, the only thing I would say is uh, I've watched the first three episodes of Peacemaker, the new DCFU spinoff series for HBO Max. And uh, I'm in. I'm enjoying it. We're talking about possibly doing a podcast that encompasses either the whole series or parts of it or breaking up. We're thinking we're trying to figure that out with our schedules and everything. But if that's something you'd like us to talk about, please let us know. This is the one time you actually have to make an effort and say, yes, talk about this or more likely, oh, my God, don't talk about this. So that would be good to let us know. But uh, I'm I'm in for that show. Loving it. Yes, I have seen one episode myself. Will we talk about it? Won't we talk about it? Is there enough to talk about in it? Will it be short podcast, long podcast? You let us know if you want it, and we'll do what you want, or we'll do what we want, because, again, this is our podcast, and if you want to do your own thing, get your own damn podcast. Anyways, (laughs) uh, my my bit of news, just a couple couple of quick things here. One, I think it's pretty, it's not great news, but Black Panther started filming again, which is great, so that's good. We're going to get that soon. Uh, The second piece of news that we have is... The, I watched The Eternals again. I watched it with my wife, and I, have, I only saw it once in the theater. I got to watch it a second time. I still really like that movie. It is a slow movie, though. Holy slowness. But I like that, though. It's so different than before. We did a podcast on The Eternals previously, so if you want to check that out, go to BennettBrothersPodcast.wordpress.com or any place you kind of get your podcast. Maybe it'll still be up on the feed. It's a little ways back, but you can find that. Finally, um, I just I just it took me like four different blocks of time to watch Captain Marvel because I hadn't watched that as many times as some of the other ones. And I was just kind of like, ah, oh, kind of curious to watch it again. It's fun, a good film. Fun thing about Eternals on Disney Plus, it does that because it's f- IMAX formatted. So there are times yeah, when it does the bars, it. and then there's times when it does the full screen. So intra, it, it switches back and forth. Just the way the. The Dark Knight did on my Blu-ray when it would go to the IMAX screen, yeah. Yeah, or or the way The Mandalorian did the start of the first season, or second season. I don't know if you saw that came out, there was a leak trailer, quote-unquote leak trailer of uh, the Knights of Ren. Did you see that? I did not. Based on like a Disney Plus show, it's completely fake. 
but oh. it's really, really good. Nice. I mean, it's like <laughs> uh, people good. are blown away by like, oh my god, what is that? Is that is that real? Is it real? Like, did Disney hide something like that? Uh, if you get a chance to look it up, the t- trailer for the Knights of Ren is pretty cool. Interesting. I will take a look at that. Finally, I I think this came out last week. This news it might have come out this week. I don't know. I didn't bring it up last time because I didn't know about it. Interesting that Spider-Man No Way Home is doing gangbusters, obviously, at the box office. It's, it's, it's banking to be like the fourth largest movie of all time, which is great. What I wanted to talk about, though, was some fans out there who are really, really dedicated. And I don't know how they get this information, but they, have, they are actually this, this film you saw in the theater, Jerry, opening day. Is different than the, the is the, different than yeah. the film that is out there right now. They are changing it on the fly, which it's is unfinished effects and some angles of shots and stuff like that. There, yeah, that's some I, portal I did see that. some portal effects. They've added some special effects to. You can there's side by side comparisons online. The I Green think Goblin reveal at the beginning mm-hmm. is shot differently, and I think it's better. And usually that kind of stuff. I shouldn't say usually. If that does happen, that usually happens. From the theater to home, they'll mm-hmm. do a, they'll do a modification there, but all they have to do is just update, send out a new server to people, and at their you know as long as the movie theaters are willing to make an adjustment, I which is that good. Works. But at the same time, it also could like that, that's scary because like all of a sudden if some movie goes oh we we have to pull this scene, they can pull it right away, boom I, gone. I don't know how this works. Like at a movie theater, do they have to download the movie every morning? Do they download it once a week? How long does it take to download these movies? Yeah, I, feel I like thought are about huge that. Huge yeah. files, right? Or do they get? Is it get mailed? I, I don't know how movie theaters work anymore. I probably should I do think some it's research. Download on that. overnight kind of thing. This might be a rabbit hole I get lost into <laughs> tonight on when I'm laying in bed looking at my iPad. But that I thought was interesting that things are getting changed on the fly. And so it's like Star Wars. You're never going to see the original again, Jerry. The streets of Moss Espa. The streets of San Francisco. A Quinn Martin production. Is episode three here. Joel, what did you think of this episode? Well, this ep- is a big question. Before we start, I'm going to say this episode is directed by Robert Rodriguez, who did the first episode. Is that how you want to say it? I do. Oh, I want to say Robert Rodriguez. There you go. Yeah, yeah <laughs> happy. Weird Are you thing happy? That we've been doing for twenty plus years. I, I know. know it's so that. weird. Jerry, let me ask you a question before I ask you about about uh, before I before talk about you ask about me a question. Episode. Let me ask you a question about the question I asked you before. It's, you there's ask so me many question. questions. This is like thirty questions. It's not even twenty questions. And we haven't 30. answered any of them. What What are your top four favorite Robert Rodriguez films? Desperado. Okay. I'm done. That's it, right? <laughs> uh, you know, I've seen the Spy Kid movies, at least the first three. I think there was more. I didn't, I didn't see Shark Boy, Lava Girl, blah, blah, blah. Um, the segment, segment uh, in I four saw El, I saw El Mariachi, which was a nice, you know, but that was a, a you know, a low, low, yeah. low budget. Yeah. Once Upon a Time um, in Mexico. I, nah, it wasn't that great. I did like, uh, I saw um, the Avatar one that just came out. That was okay. Um, I saw the one he did with Tarantino, the, the one with the girl who's got the robot head, James Cameron. Yes. Did the name has escaped me. It's basically uh, Alita, 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 the battle angel, Alita battle angel. I saw that. That was okay. Um, bu- 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 machete. Uh, I, I, machete was no good. I, I, I liked, I, I, you know, I, I watched when I went and saw the, the theater, I saw the grindhouse films. I saw his half, which was planet terror. Was Sin, okay. Sin city. I enjoyed Sin City. I enjoyed Sin City. The first one was pretty good for what it was. And I also enjoyed, in hindsight, 
uh, from dusk till dawn. Mm-hmm. But at the time, I remember being kind of frustrated because Desperado was so good and that was his follow-up and it had Tarantino in there. So I was a little disappointed. But in hindsight, I'm like, yeah, it's a pretty solid film. So yeah, it's everything, you know, he kind of, he's progressively, you know, he's got a couple films late later that was pretty good. I thought his episode of Mandalorian last season, which was the Boba Fett one, was really good, but it was also a little stiff. And I think that's his film style a little bit. Maybe I'm, I'm just I'm starting to wonder if Robert Rodriguez is just a okay director. For me, it I is Desperado. Okay Desperado, I love that. But now, in looking back on that, we can really—I mean, the story itself is really rushed, especially at the end. But that movie is carried by Antonio Banderas. He's so I, good I, in that it, movie. He's it is, so but good I think the movie. music. I also think the editing. I think the shots. I think everything about that. I actually saw parts of it recently again. I'm like, gosh, damn, that's a good movie. You saw so, it, you saw it on Joe Blow's uh, What Happened to Antonio Banderas. No, I saw it on something else. That may have, that may have, that may have actually pushed me towards it. But yeah, so. But I the agree. reason Robert I br- Rodriguez is a as a as a filmmaker is not. Uh, I don't know, just not as as exciting as he as he was when he first was introduced. I think he's okay. I don't dislike him, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm not going out of the way for his films at this point. Yeah, I, I, the reason I bring that up is because he directed this one and he directed the first episode, and those are the two episodes that I. There's only three episodes, but the first one and this one, they have pacing problems. They have narrative problems. They're very, especially this one. It's scene to scene to scene. They're cool scenes, but there's no good story flow through it. It's kind of like just thrown at the at the at the. There's no. It doesn't feel like there's a beginning, middle, and end. It seems like it's a bunch of scenes put together. Unlike the second episode, which had some you know present day stuff and all that, but when you finally when you get to the when you get to the train sequence and the training, and then they go they go to the train sequence, and then it ends up afterwards, and he does the he builds his stuff and. It has kind of a, a beginning, middle, and end to it. It felt like a complete story. This one felt like just a bunch of choppy scenes put together. Some cool scenes, and other scenes we'll talk about, but that is, I, I feel like that is my problem with this No, I got episode. it. I, I, think I, get, I think I get your your, your, your feelings on that, and I'm, you know, I don't think you're wrong. I think I will tell you how I feel about this episode, because I, I, I think you kind of just said how you feel about it. Um, yeah. I mean, is, I will get is, details, but... Well, I know, but the overall feel is I never I remember watching this episode. Again, it was again shorter than the last one. It wasn't as good as episode two. It's on par for me with episode one, mm-hmm. which is not bad. I'm still enjoying this, but I was kind of like, uh, what's the story maybe the story like it's it's reveals and how they're revealing story elements going forward that I feel like is this not right or is this a little shortcut or is this like all of a sudden here we're introducing the biker gangs and then we're going to you know we're supposed to be following the watermonger but that's not really a thing and then the mayor but then the mayor's not there but what's going on with that and and how it's being played and and the huts are going to be this big bad well wait a minute they're not we're not looking worrying about the huts at all so i don't know yeah it could be a timing thing is it and it's also when we talk about star wars every episode should be amazing it should. It's Star Wars. This is one of the top franchises. Every episode should be like, yeah, just settling for it was good. Is not, it's, in my opinion, is not good enough for Star Wars. I think every Solo. like, so Solo is really good. It has its moments though. But yeah, I, mean, I think yeah, this is just like this, Solo. But going, I mean, I think this I, feels I problem, just like a, Solo as far as the quality of Solo. And this goes back to our first podcast. Better than Solo. This goes back to our first podcast, and I have problems with this newer 
generation of Star Wars. There's some good stuff like Rogue One and and Mandalorian, but Solo and uh, uh, The Last Jedi, like there are problems. And the Force this. Awakens and The Rise for Skywalker and well, I think those else. are a little bit. I you think those want are a little bit more better, Episode but... One? You like a Jar Jar? You like a Miso Nagata Boom Boom? I get it. That's and the quality I, level. You we're want at. more Tashi Station and Wookies with mustaches? <laughs> I get it. Picking up a power I converter. I get it. Yes. My point is, my point is, I was there '83. I I was loving Return of the Jedi, but there was freaking Ewoks in there, and even then, I was going like, "Eh, "Okay, you know." I was eighth grade. I'm like, "Okay." But I can, I I can look past some of the childy stuff because, like, you know, it's childy. That's a word. Well, people who grew up with Phantom Menace, but it was their first Star Wars. Phantom, the Phantom Menace, and the prequels are huge now. Like, people love those things. And then people who grew up with the original trilogy are like nostalgia. It's not is a as good. Scary yeah, bitch. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. So that that's that's something I wanted to say. But now as we get into the episode, I think there are things I really do like about this episode. Oh, I think you're gonna like at the end of this. I'm now even if I don't feel it, my goal is to make you feel like this is the greatest. Hopefully, thing ever. So yeah, I'm no. Hopefully, that's why sucker. we do this. That's why we do this. To, now, to, Joel, you know, to the streets of Mos Espa. Yes, I thought, or, or that, as we call it in this episode, the streets. A Moss Vespa. Because <laughs> there's quite a few Vespas on the street. I would like to first say that if you joined us last episode, we talked about it. This ep- I, the, the, They must be listening to us because what's the first thing we see? We see one of the monks. We get to see one of the monks cr- moving around. A, Boma, a Bomar monk. And I got to be honest with you, <laughs> I don't know if this shot was actually in one of the trailers or not. I don't oh. know if it was because I, it, I looked at this scene. I go, I've seen the shot. I've seen this coming over the hill like this. This may have been in a trailer. I gotta be honest One too, of, Jerry. I don't think the CG was that great. Oh, I was fine with it. I had no problem. The legs look a little funky connecting with the ground. But I Didn't thought the body that. I did. So if you you okay. know, if you watch it a third time, you can take a look at that. Um, <laughs> you you won't, but you could. No. It, I will say I, that I, I like that we talked about it last week and then they put it in the show. So that's good stuff. I love that. Do that. Great. I also say that, and we can talk about the specifics of this next scene really well, but what I just want to say in general is what this next scene did here is this is what Jerry wants. Is It takes a little. you got to figure out the timing. This is something we would talk about with S.H.I.E.L.D. and any other of the great shows that we say with, with the writers would, would come there and fix it, is this is the backstory of the organization. All the questions oh, we had about Bib Fortuna. It's some, this is... You know, having this is HR stuff, human resources. Jerry likes to know, like, okay, hang on, how <laughs> is the droids you? getting? Who's getting paid? How are those animals getting killed? And who's making the tables? This was this was the part I liked. So I liked, like, ah, okay, just throw a couple lines of dialogue. Give me thirty seconds to a minute of saying that there was three families divided. The Clot, the Tiro, the Tirosians, the the Clatoians, <laughs> messing and, it up uh, so bad. And and the walrus men, because those yes, are the walrus. The Trandosians. Took the city center, the Aqualish. You know what? My spell, my, my, my spelling is is did my spelling correct? The Trandosians are now the Teradosians. Oh, <laughs> the Aqualish took the workers' district. Those are the Walrus people, which people which some at times have two eyes, sometimes <laughs> sometimes have four <laughs> eyes, and the the Clatonians. They took the starport and the upper sprawl. The Clatonians are the they're next to the the Clatus and Nictus and the the the, the Clatonians yeah. and then yes. Nicconian the Nictos. And then there was just one guard who was named Barada. I'm not joking. It was like, these are Klaatus. Yeah. The Klaatonians were part of the Nikto gang. Yes. Uh, but they're they slightly different. Also, they, look, they look more green, uh, you know, a lizard-like. Not so 
Tan. They are the, that that Nikto uh, uh, biker gang was known as the Kitten Striders, K I T O N Striders. So that yeah, what Jerry Jerry gang? likes oh, Jerry okay, Jerry likes the HR behind. It. He wants to know the plumbing system in the temple. He wants <laughs> to know if they get vacation days. It adds real to adds adds real stuff. In reality, I hate this kind of stuff, but in, oh, in yeah. a fantasy, <laughs> I like it. Adds real. So they ask the question, say who who is behind the assassinations, and my question is. Who do you think? I think it's, I mean, I don't know if it's the, I, initially I thought, well, it's the uh, the mayor's major domo, the guy who we have the mm-hmm. very slow chase with at the end of the show. So, but I don't know if it is or not because of the way he kind of dumps out on the mayor. So we'll see. That's a good who question. Because I, 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 I will, I will ask this question a little bit later. Let me, uh, let me, uh, I'll, I'll, le- I'll leave them in suspense for this one. Cause I'm going to ask this question later. Well, it also but comes we get down introduced- to like, we talk about the, we talk about the crime games. We talked about that last time and about how many there are and, how, you know, you know, what if this, what if, because I told about the comic book, it's got Crimson Dawn in it, and it's got Kira from Solo and everything. I'm like, oh, it's got to be leaning in that direction. But I'm afraid that we're going to get a Mephisto situation here where people are like, it's this, this is it. And then it's like, no, it's never that. It's it's going to be the Pikes. You know, it's not going to be some other band, gang coming underneath it. You know, we're built, because we have week to week to build up our thoughts. Like, oh, maybe if it's this, because we're doing this, or maybe it's Shizor from the... You know, from the Black Sun, and they're Shizor. Like, I have not heard maybe. that yet. That would be that would be the coolest thing ever if it was Shizor. <laughs> but but maybe it is just the Pike. Isn't Shizor dead ex- though? That whole t- continuity. Dark he doesn't Empire? exist in the. Or he doesn't exist. Uh, Shadows of the Empire. Shadows of the Empire. He doesn't exist. He doesn't exist yet. Just the organization and his race exist, as far as the continuity goes. Oh, that would be cool as hell if they brought him in. All right, so we get but who introduced- they bring in is the Watermonger. Lorth Lorth Appeal, played by Stephen Stephen Root, who's been in about everything you've ever seen. <laughs> he's always making appearance over there. But I think the more important thing is he's one of the few people in the history of acting who has appeared both in a live action Star Wars and a live action Star Trek. He was in a Next Generation episode, The Redemption Part One. So he is he is a Star Wars Star Trek alum, which is. And, Very rare, new, and and the third trifecta, news radio. So news radio, oh, uh, and uh, man in the high castle. Yes, well, news radio because it's him and Joe Rogan, and it works out. Uh, everything, it's just, it's, it's all coming together. I don't know. I don't know what that means. I don't know <laughs> what that Dick. means either. But, but yeah, Joe Rogan. Yeah, he was Joe on Rogan news radio. And news radio. That's where he got to start. Yeah, oh, I didn't know that. He was the I, engineer. I didn't know that. Him, Stephen Root, Andy Dick, Phil Hartman. No, but Stephen so. Root. Stephen Root's fantastic. A lot of people remember him from Office Space. That was uh, his, uh, where he was always looking for the stapler. He was good in uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou. He's the blind radio guy. Oh, you know what else he's good in? Barry. Yeah, he's great in Barry. That's his, that's probably a bigger one right now. He was he's been in was he in? Um... Well, he's in uh, Blade Runner, the Black Lotus that you're watching. I haven't started watching it yet. Yeah, he was also wasn't he in uh, Boardwalk Empire? He was one of the guys Nookie had to deal with. I thought he was. I mean, I, there's a million actors on that show. So oh, man. God, he's done, he's done so much stuff. It's. But what he does here is he comes up and he says point blankly, he says what may or may not be a problem with this show is he says, hey, no one respects you. And let's talk about that in general because it comes up several times in this show and it's been here this whole time is, is it feels like Boba Fett is like we saw Boba Fett in The Mandalorian. He came in and he kicked everybody's ass. He was just, you know, he was perfect. He was perfect, you know. And so when you see him at the end of The Mandalorian season two and he's sitting on the throne, we're like, here we go. And then for this entire show, yes, he is slowly building a gang up. 
but he's he's damaged because he's in the uh, the the Bacta tank and everything. We kind of feel like, you know, even though I mean the flashbacks, they built him up in the flashbacks finally. And I don't know if mm-hmm. something's going to happen between that five years ago or four years ago and today that makes him weak again because he feels weak and also his just. Just the whole no one respects you kind of boils down to like, I think that's like almost a meta statement at this point. Like no one's respecting him. And even the viewers are going like, he's not showing it. He's not doing it. He's, and it started from that very first episode when the assassins surrounded them. And you were like, I don't feel like he's really fighting his way out on that. So no, but that being said, I also did say that was kind of how it was in return of the Jedi. He gets, he gets taken out like a bitch, (laughs) you know, he's, he's, uh, he gets hit in the back and he flies into a hey man. pit. So he's never, he was never, he's Leia, never such a badass. Nah, when Princess Leia pulled out that, that thermal detonator, you see how fast Boba Fett pulls gun down? It was fast, man. He didn't shoot it, but it looked really fast. That was really cool. That was the best it got. So, so yeah, anyways. it's a good point. That's a good point. So we go to Moss Espa. And well, we get... hang on. I, 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 we, we, the fact that um, he talks about you know, about water and, and Boba Fett obviously mentions, I grew up around water cause he grew up on Camino and we get a line of dialogue that puts us more into continuity. When Steven Root talks about, Hey, tattoo, tattoo used to be originally surrounded by water. It was a water planet. And I, we talked about that last episode, yep. how that is within legends continuity, but now it kind of comes back into the new continuity. Yes. 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 So the Vespa gang. Yes. So we go to Mos Espa. Is this where we see the cameo in the background? I didn't write it nope, down. It's not nope, the first no, time. No, later. No, okay. no, that's because that's not in Mos Espa. That's in the streets of Mos Eisley. You're right. Later. So we get to meet the cyber bike biker gang who are made up of a bunch of people. There are two individuals that get pointed out, on, at least on IMDb. There's Drash. She's the leader. That's played by Sophia Thatcher. She's in the TV show Yellow Jackets and Tomorrow Man. There's also Scad. He's the uh, he's the other one who gets a lot of talking talking time. He's played by Jordan Bolger, who was in the uh, animated Tom and Jerry movie recently, and in the Hundred and Peaky Blinders. So yeah, they get to meet up. They, we meet these this gang here that's cybernetically they're upset because, and they're upset because they want to know like why are we being charged uh, a month's worth of wages for only a week's worth of water. Not mm-hmm. that they work anyways. And then it basically boils down to that. He says, hey, you need to go work. He's like, there is no work available. So he pulls, of course, he has to take his helmet off at this point because that helmet's got to keep coming off. If they could somehow do a nanotech Tony Stark Iron Man thing, you know they would. But Or if they could just the keep his off. helmet on like like the Mandalorian. But, you know, yeah. whatever. I, so they, I've heard people complain about the cyberpunk gang that they don't fit in with Tatooine. They're more of like a Coruscant thing. I'm okay with them. I'm okay with the way they look. They, they, of course, they yeah. yeah. They look like they, they look like they fit in in the Star Wars world. They have the '80s kind of haircut that was Return of the Jedi time. Yeah, so I was, I, again, I, I'm okay I have with a good it. argument that a good argument I read somewhere or heard somewhere. I don't know what it was. Was like if you have an issue with that, just remember. It, I mean, I think the issue you can have is that they may seem out of place on Tatooine. But within the Star Wars universe, where in Attack of the Clones, Obi Wan Kenobi goes to a '50s diner at the beginning of that, mm-hmm. you know, in that one scene, he goes, "That's that's a 1950s diner." So that, in that respect, it works within the world. It is a glaring moment outside of the color palette of Tatooine. Later on, and the, them themselves. No, the, I think I think the the gang themselves aren't like blowing out the color scheme of this. I think they I think they fit in just fine. 
Okay. We'll, we'll talk about <laughs> later on. So Bubba recruits them. Lortha, Lortha Peel shows up back. She he shows up. He's like, hey, that's my water. Like they owe me all that. My question <laughs> to you, Jerry, will we see this? Will we see Lortha Peel again? I don't know. It's hard of, to. They kind of hang on a, a face little bit. At the end, yeah. Yep. I don't know. He's a, but he's again, a that pretty could, big that, actor. That could be that weird. Yeah, yeah, or it could just be a nice cameo, and it feels like, you know, maybe I don't know. It, it could, or is it the Robert Rodriguez pacing issue we talked about? Who knows? You're absolutely right. Uh, also, I want to mention he uses the word "gack" here, and "gack" was a uh, term they used on the original Star Wars film set for all the gear and everything. Not to be confused with "gach." which is from Star Trek. That's what the Klingons eat. So there's Gach, and there's Gach. That's the difference uh, between the two universes. Stop speaking, stop speaking Klingon on the show, Jerry. This is a Star Wars show. And then we get and the opening. Because you're we a geek. At, we, are, we are about a half an hour into this podcast, and we're finally at the opening. Yes. <laughs> and right after the opening, we get to see what we talked about last gag. podcast, but we get to see a wart. Award and it's burping. It doesn't burp. We joked about it last week, and now we get to see it this week. I told you we that was in Jedi. You were you were questioning if that was ever. I'm like, no, that was actually in Jedi. It's the yes. We should uh, we should um, predict other things that are going to happen next week because I feel like they, that's what's going to happen. I'm fearful as we move forward. Like at some point, we're going to go to Endor and we're going to see an Ewok fart. It's just oh. it's just coming up. You know, ooh, teeny. You know, I don't know. <laughs> 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 and, <laughs> And so we get we go back into the tank and we get some flashback here. We get Camino again, which looks like the same shots from the previous ones. I don't know if they're exactly the same. And then we go back to the Moss Tuscan Eisley Raider time. Board. Yes. So Boba goes to Moss Eisley, and this is where we get a, a quick little cameo shot of the mechanic. I write her name down. She's the mechanic. She played on that show. Polo. Trouble with can Trouble with Candy. Whatever. The actress Amy. Her name, last name is Gamey. She's there with her three mechanical droids that we saw in three or four episodes of The Mandalorian. And we also get to see the Stormtrooper helmets on Pikes. Mm-hmm. Ah, Pike Gang. You know, that's weird. But that's something we saw in Mandalorian. So that was nice little callback to the time period of all this. Yep. We also the, get the to see we get to see some Jawas with red eyes because we talked about that being around the Were they red? Yep. There was, there was Jawas with red eyes. And... Uh, we get to see more of the Pike Syndicate. So Boba goes and they're talks to the Pike. They're not red eyes. They're orange. I'm looking at them right now. That's red. No, that's orange. I got them right in front of me. It's the same color they always like. Orange or yellow orange. It wasn't the this ones bright in, the red. Ones in, the, the ones, ones in, in his dream were like The ones in Moss Eisley. They're right. It's on my screen not, right now. I'm well, looking at it. I'm pulling it up on my screen. because I, Unless the monitor is off. Yeah, these are the same color... I mean, there's there's some red in there. We're not, stuck, we're not stuck, get stuck in this. Let's just agree you're wrong. And we'll no, no, we're, we're, we're stuck on this. <clears throat> so while Joel looks at this, we go to see the Pikes. And the Pike is actually voiced by the mad TV actor. Oh, we have to listen to it. Too. No, uh, he is also a mad the TV actor. But he was the voice of Green Lantern and Justice League and a million other things. What's his name? I did not pull up his name. I cannot. When you pull up his name. That's what you should be. That's because you're supposed to be spending time on that. You're looking at Jawa's eyes. Well, it's because you're telling me they're orange, and I'm saying they're red. And I notice you haven't said anything yet. Well, because I'm, I'm trying to get to the scene. He's just walking into town right now. There's indistinct chatter on the screen. Indistinct chatter? That's the worst kind of chatter. Walla walla. Phil Lamar. All right, so they that's turn the their voice. heads. 
Well, it's a reddish orange. Yeah. There we go. There we go. They're not as red as the dream. That's yeah, I would, agree, I would agree with that. But I definitely right, think people that mark we that see down. Orange. That's number 42, right, for Jerry and three for Joel. <laughs> <laughs> so he talks to the pike, uh, the leader of the pike. He's like, we don't want to pay bo- both people. He's like, Boba's like, I'm going to go take care of this. He hops out. He ends up riding back. And he finds out that the raider camp is destroyed. Let's talk uh, about this now. And then I go, and then I go, of... and then I go, man, I, I wish he would those those uh the Nikto gang that he beat up. Maybe if he would have killed all them in the bar instead of just beating them up and leaving with their stuff, they wouldn't have retaliated. When you think of the Tuscan Raider tribe, I personally think of the three that were following within there amongst all the members. You have the kid. Yep. You have the leader. Yep. And you have the warrior, the female. Yes. Watching this on the second viewing, I saw that that was the dead leader's body. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> but I did not see the warrior or the child's body. I agree. So they may still be out there. And I hope they are because the the the, the warrior raider was badass. And I I know initially I thought I didn't see any of them, but then I had more. to I had to I had to literally stop it, watch it, and call up a still image of what he looked like, and you could tell because they're yep. all he's red. He, he wears like yeah, a red a red uh, a red robe. Kind and he had of stuff thing. around his neck, so yeah, that yeah. was him. But here's now here's my question. I joke about the Nikto. He should he shouldn't have just beat up that Nikto game. He probably could just killed them all, and then he would have been fine. If that's now, all of them, because well, no. Here's the here's the real question though. What if it wasn't the Nikto game that did this? What if it was the Pikes playing, getting rid of them, and then they they're they're placing the blame on the Nikto gang? Oh, that's what very if the, likely. What if something, very or likely. what if something else? Because really, we didn't we didn't see them attack. All we saw was the devastation, and then the design painted on the tent. The symbol. Exactly. So we don't know who actually ended up killing them. So I think that's... Again, I, again I we live in... In the very beginning of Star Wars, like within the first half hour of the world of Star Wars, we're told, you know, like the Jawas are killed by stormtroopers, but it's meant to look like sand people. Mm-hmm. So we're... That's already built into the world that we, we know. So Boba wakes up in the back to tank, and he's woken up by Black Chrysanthemum. Correct. And we get this Black big old fight, which... I was worried because I kept thinking they just introduced this character and I was like, please don't kill him off, which they could. And if this was a movie, you would definitely kill him off just the same way they killed off General What's-Her-Name. They had nothing to, you know, her whole her whole storyline in the, in, the, in the sequel trilogies and she gets killed off and, you know, die. and I was like, oh my God, don't bring him back just to kill him off. And I was very happy that they didn't. I thought that was a well done, like, let's show his viciousness, let's show his power uh, of course, unfortunately, at the expense of making Boba Fett again look weak. Well, I, I mean, here's to a here's certain the degree. big here's the big problem with this, right? So, uh, Chrysanthemum is set is sent there to kill him. He's sleeping in a back a uh, back to tank. Why does he have to wake him up? Why doesn't he just kill him? Take a, just, he's a proud just, proud rookie. Just shoot! Oh, he's a, he's a he's a bounty hunter. Like, why not just shoot him through the thing? Why not blow up the tank? Why not do a hunt? I know it's for a television. They can't kill off Boba Fett, but like, that's what happened. He snuck into the thing. He got past all the guards and everything. And listen, he I don't want to hear you. I don't want to hear you slamming Nubaka like this. He's doing great. Nubaka. <laughs> And so we get this fight sequence here with some cool stuff. But as someone pointed out on the internet, and I watched it the second time, they do the, they have this problem where 
one person runs in and fights, and then everyone else stands around and watches. That's like, what do you? That's not that's not this show's problem. That is all fiction, all storytelling. Not no, every it's not fight. All, Bruce the, Bruce Lee. Any any? I should no, say Bruce all, Lee. The yes. majority. Jackie Chan. The majority do of that. fights. The majority of fights. Majority of fights end within seconds you know there's a gun or there's somebody getting hit in the head like so i i'm okay with with their, their surrounding him and doing that that i, I get no, that to no, a certain it's, degree. it's funny like they're like leaning it's it, i will say it's better than the last jedi where they're the kylo uh, uh uh kylo ren and uh ray are fighting the red guards and there's like one red guard in the background just doing flips and not really doing it not even fighting <laughs> because they wanted to fill it with action and i get we've it talked that's, about the, that's like one of this the best is, scenes of that movie I know, but they didn't even use the force in that. We don't want to use the force in these scenes. Like, get out of here. Use the damn force. But this scene is, I'm just pointing out, like, I, I didn't notice it the first time. I watched it the second time. I went, why don't you just stand on the outside? Get in there. Instead of sending one person at a time, send two people. Send three people. But the Gamorrean guards, actually, That's, I thought again, pretty it's good. hard for me to. It's hard for me to, like. Sure. I, I agree. I, you can't, just because it's, like, so many times when you have a fight, why isn't somebody just shooting it from a distance? Why isn't he using his gun? Why You know, it's you, you can't do that. And also, I will say this. Even if you've got robotic parts, do you want to get close enough to a Wookiee that can rip your arm off until you want to stay away from those, well, uh, those I, big there, old arms? What, what also is happening is that had this been in the original trilogy, they would have killed him. But since Boba is now trying to become a good guy and they're trying to make him a good guy in this universe, they can't just kill this bounty hunter. Well, that was my point from the very beginning. If this was a movie, you could kill him off. And I would be you know, like, boom. Not but just because that, not, I'm, looking... I'm saying a movie that took place in the original trilogy. This is about the redemption of a, a villain character and trying to turn him good. And so they're mm -hmm. not going to kill off someone because that's not what he does anymore. Except for that one assassin who he shot and blew, <laughs> blew on the Oh, wall he blew up, yeah. <laughs> Good point. Him. Screw, the, so they, screw so, that guy. So they lock up. They lock him. They drop him in the Rancor pit. They lock him up down there. That's a great scene. That was a great scene. I liked all mm -hmm. that. And then we get to our big meal. Yep. Fennec and Boba, they they eat a big meal. Or they don't eat a big <laughs> meal. They get served a big meal. But uh, here don't. come the huts to, like, oh, my God. Now we're, they build, we're going to build up this whole hut thing. It's like, nope, they're not. the, the Which, again, at the end of this. By the way, I've been saying up to this point, because initially when the show was announced that it was going to be six episodes long, it's seven episodes. There's a seventh episode. So there's, we're not even, I thought we were at the halfway point. We're not even there yet. So that that makes me think, oh, we could introduce a bigger bad or something so that when the huts disappear here, we don't go like, oh, we thought that was where it was leading. It's like, these were just pieces to get to a bigger point. Or the huts could be behind everything still. Yeah, or the huts are being introduced the same way last season on The Mandalorian. There was one episode with Ahsoka. And so we're like, okay, she's out in the world. Now we can mm -hmm. you know, go that direct. I, I feel like you know, like Bill Burr's character who was in the first season, then they brought him back in the second season. Ah, you know, so it, good. Yeah. So they so, twin show up. They offer the Rancor. They offer a Rancor as a gift. And apparently they apologize. When you, apparently when you offer a Rancor, you got to offer a Danny Trejo as well. So they <laughs> Well, Robert Rodriguez is doing it. Danny Trejo's not far behind. Yep. And you know what? When I first saw him, I'm like, oh my God, Danny Trejo. But then I was like, I'm okay with it. <laughs> I'm he, okay he feels with like, it. He feels like he's just made for this universe. He did. You know? He does. He feels right in this Especially on Tatooine. Like, if he would have showed up someplace, uh, if he would have showed up on Endor, that would have been weird. But, like, Tatooine, okay. It works for me. It works for me. So the Huts are leaving Tatooine. Because why the Pike because the Pike Syndicate is coming in, and but that's not why they're leaving. They're leaving because they said the mayor promised Tatooine to them. So the mayor of this one city 
is promising the entire planet yes, but to this other syndicate. And but yeah, and the Pikes coming in, and at this, this point, at this point, I believe the Huts aren't as powerful as they were during Return of the Jedi because the main Hut of Jabba is dead, and now they're like they they might be losing power, and they don't want to go up against the they don't want to go up against the Pike Syndicate. Well, in that the was comics, my understanding. Yes, in the comics, uh, they just did this thing to show that there was actually there's a Hut Council. A hut council, uh, and in the comics, they all right before Return of the Jedi and before Jawa, Jabba gets killed. In there, majority of the council gets slaughtered in this thing by Crimson Dawn. So they're already they lose all of this stuff, and then Jabba was then kind of consolidating power. He was going to be much bigger, and then he gets killed. So that's what you theoretically could be the reason behind why has it been five years? Like all of a sudden now. The huts come five years after Java because they and, were busy trying to yes. organize their own stuff. Don't forget, we also said, saw we also saw the council in the Clone Wars or Rebels uh, television show. Yeah, but I'm saying that council—they're all dead, or most of them are dead, based on the comic books. Which again, comic books, but continuity. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. So they leave. Uh, Boba releases uh, Chrysanthemum out into. He's think, like, uh, you can go. He was going to give him back so, to the pots, and the huts are like, you keep him. He was going to send him back to the gladiator rings or something like well, that. Well, I think uh, I think Nubaka will show back up at least Nubaka. to maybe save Boba's life or something like that. I like how Boba was like, uh, you know, don't. I used to be a bounty hunter. Don't work for scug holes. It's the first time I've ever heard the word scug holes before. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's the first time anybody's ever said scug hole around you. Get out of here. You scug hear that hole? Your whole life. Yes. S-C-U-G-H-O-L-E-S. We Skug called holes? you that for the first four years of your life. Here comes little Joey Skughole, oh, remember? Oh, 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 here comes the repressed memories. No! <laughs> Get your head out of your Skughole. <laughs> I have a single tear going down my nose. Okay, so he doesn't say... So the, 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 the huts don't say the whole planet has been promised. They say the territory. So yeah, not yeah. that we know what's around the whole planet. <laughs> Again, this is this is a world. This is this is a universe or a galaxy where any planet, if it's snowy, it's the entire planet. If it's oh, a yeah. forest, it's the entire mm-hmm. forest. This is an entire desert uh, planet. Uh, forest, it's a moon. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah, I also I, mean, li- I also like the I like their I like how the huts are like, yeah, this is a terrible place. Like why we don't this is a useless rock. Why are we why are we even here? <laughs> and it's true. What does the place offer? I guess spice. It offers spice. Yeah, I guess, you know what, they, I mean, it's just, I mean, they're trying to say, we're, we're giving you this, uh, you know, we're out of respect, we don't want to fight with you and everything like that, because you're the the, the the daimo of this area, but it's like, they need to, other than him killing Bib Fortuna, they need to establish more, unless they're saying that this establishment is, you know, because they captured Black Correct, uh, Nubaka, I don't know, it's 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 tricky. They have to. They haven't established Boba as like, ah, uh, you know, like where's the respect coming from? Or they haven't done it as well as we'd like, I guess maybe. I agree. In the Rancor oh, pits, I just I just looked at Black uh, Chrysanthemum's face. He does have the scar above his eye. Oh. I saw it in this close up. It's it's I'm buried under the uh, his hair, and that scar in the comics came from Obi Wan Kenobi's lightsaber. That's fantastic. In the Rancor pit. First thing I want to say is, as much as I complained about the Hut CG not looking the greatest, the Rancor puppet looks pretty fantastic. Yeah, what they did here was they made the head only. Yeah, and it looks I, great. I saw That's behind what... the scenes. 
I was great. questioning. I was watching it, and I'm like, well, obviously, it's also great because that puppet doesn't have to move around a lot. You start moving at any kind of speed, then it's not going to work. But if you're just rotating slowly, opening well, and closing, stop, that you works. You do stop motion. It's okay. No, you don't. It doesn't work. But anyways, I agree. I was like, when I was watching this, I'm like, oh my god, because they're 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 interacting with it so much. I go, I go, how much of this did they build? And then I saw a picture online that it's the head and green behind it and everything. So yeah, it works. We find out the rancors are emotionally they're emotionally complex creatures. This one's depressed. I thought this was interesting when they did the they take the blinders off and it bonds to the first person it sees, and this explains why the. Rancor Keeper in Return of the Jedi was so distraught when the Rancor died. We always felt bad for that guy. We always felt bad bit. for that white fat guy <laughs> who cries. And then Boba mentions that he has ridden a beast ten times the size of a Rancor, which is a reference to, I'm going to get this word, these words wrong, Pars Ichthodont on the planet Panna Prime. In the story of the Faithful Wookiee, the Star Wars animated uh, special during the holiday special. It could be that. I read that, too. It could be that. I like it. Or it could be anything else. It could be anything else, but I like it. We also get a What I really liked... Right, I, was, I know what you're going to say next, but this was the part where I was watching when they, when he was talking about the Rancors and the history, and I, and I, I didn't say it out loud in the room. I'm like, I was like, oh, what about mention that they, uh, that the witches of Dathomir rode them, and sure enough, like the next, you know, ten seconds later, he mentions that, and I was so excited. Now the witches of Dathomir are characters that we have seen in the Clone Wars, but before that, they were in a the what are now non-canon books, the Legends book. It was the courtship of Princess Leia. I believe that was the courtship. It was like the third or fourth book that came out after the Zahn trilogy back in the '90s. It's a great book, but they had all of the witches riding around on rancors, and so I love that they mentioned that. Just keep doing that stuff, so we can say maybe those individual stories are no longer in continuity from those novels, but the worlds they created and the uh, the the setups around them are. So I thought that was great. Is Danny Trejo on the show now? Does he have to hang out there and train the Rancor? Like, I'm okay with if, he, if he's on the show now. <laughs> like, yeah, just yeah, why not? I feel like so he's he, gonna be on the he show makes, now. Yeah, so he, and when he talks about saying that you know the Rancor basically uh, imprints on the first human he sees, but he still probably doesn't have a problem with the trainer. You know, no, of in, course in other not. Words, yeah, because it's like the trainer he's he's hearing him and he's feeling him this whole time, but then he, I guess the imprint is all about. He's loyal to Boba. Mm-hmm. Now, would you say that at that point then the Rancor, you'd say like, oh, the Rancor must have been loyal to Jabba, the previous one. I think it was the Rancor. I think it was the Rancor train keeper. Possibly. That was but he super also, sad. He, yeah. We go to the mayor's place. Uh, Boba, Fennec, and the cyber gang show up on their colorful Vespas, mm-hmm. as Jerry mentions them. The mayor's not there. Mayor Majordomo yeah. takes off, and we get this weird slow chase. I mean, that's maybe, honestly, uh, thinking about this and reading about there's a lot of criticism online in certain spots talking about the look of the gang and everything like that. I think what it has to do with is those Vespas don't, I mean, they feel real, like the, the actors are on there, but they don't feel the same way in the train thing, the train heist one, where those speeder bikes felt mm-hmm. real the way they moved the, the twisting the turning the stuff these things just seemed stiff and the camera seemed stiff and i don't know if that's a budgetary thing or how they shot it or if they're on a, a if those things are moving around on some sort of green uh rig you know, green screen rig that's moving around so they can't move fast but it just 
didn't have the kinetic energy that the previous episode had established. And I think maybe that was what hurt it because we were just in a car in a train chase that was just so fast and everything was coming so speedy with literally speeder bikes. And then this one just kind of felt like they wanted to show us the world that they created. And again, for a TV budget, those streets of Moss Espa were incredible. Looked like they go on for miles and all that stuff. That was great. But the the chase itself left a little to be desired. It was slow. I felt like they some people could get off and run faster than some of the stuff that was going on there because when it had when each of those when the when the the, the speeder the, the bikes and when the actual uh, speeder need to take turns it has to come back to a super slow turn it's like if you get out and run you'll catch up to this thing faster and one of my, not only the train sequence which I forgot how fast that was you also have to remember this takes place on a planet where we do pod racing and those pod racers are so fast. And it's like, you watch this and it's just clunky. Again, I, have, I don't have a problem with the colors, colors of them. Yeah, they're really freaking bright. Like, they, they've never seen a speck of dirt in their entire day. On a, on but I'm ever, okay with that a, because you figure okay. you got you young, pe- young, people are taking their, young people are taking really good cares of their But it's their one of those bikes. things like they built these things in real life and they're on set going, oh, look how cool these things are. We're going to move them around and we're going to put the mirrors on the bottom so it looks like they're actually floating. And, like, they're going to do all... But then it's slow, and it's like, ugh. And I, you know what? People have problems with this, and this is a big problem to this episode. And you know, what's really funny is this, this chase sequence is like two minutes, three minutes maybe. It's super, duper short, but it feels like it drags on forever. Um, uh, I don't know if you want to mention podcast, that. Tim, Tim Curtis yep. sent us a, a link that uh, talks about the origin of possible origin of these kind of uh, they were called the mods they were, they were an incredible 1960s youth subculture who shared a common desire to embrace a newfound financial and parental freedom to stand out above the crowd with regards to originally in fashion music and social status where they achieved still there there are they still are an aspect of contemporary community and life that we deal with now because the, some of that stuff it's like kind of like the punk movement of mm-hmm. the 70s and how that influenced things and uh so that thought was kind of interesting who the mods were. And I thought, well, that, yeah, that works. And maybe it's also done in a little bit of respect to George Lucas with his 1950s love of American graffiti and cars like that. So there was some of that probably in there. Again, I don't mind the idea of it. It was just the execution of the chase. This goes back, this goes back to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. when Jerry used to say all the time, they don't not they can't do car chases at all. They can't do it. And they even had a flying car on there that they used twice. And this is this twice. is what it felt like. It felt like a television Agents of Shield television show where it's like it's good but it's low it's not a movie thing. When these are all supposed to feel like movie quality they they should feel like movie quality, you know, production value and production design and and storytelling and this doesn't feel like it and this that really hurt this episode because this takes place at the end of the episode so it leaves you kind of with a bad taste bad taste in your mouth so the 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 it ends up he ends up crashing into the fruit which actually has a name but whatever it, it's basically it's the very, crash at the it, end of back to the future yeah the it, it, manure I hate, if you were to crash into manure i thought that would have been manure I hate, I hate manure, manure. i hate it <laughs> and then uh <laughs> and then the the Pike Syndicate shows up on a transport. They all walk out. They came in they on a Starliner. Tell Bo, they tell Boba and Fennec that, and they need to get ready for war. And that's the end. Well, the, of the major episode. the major domo the mayor's major domo says that the mayor is working for the Pikes. So it kind of kills my theory that that guy is the one who's working behind the mayor's back. I mean, again, anything could still get pulled out of the rug underneath us. But 
yep, uh, just the first wave is coming in, so we're going to war. So all those pikes versus two Gamorrean guards, four kids on bikes, a droid, Boba Fett, Fennec Shen, Danny Trejo, a sleepy Rancor, and a depressed, maybe a depressed Black Rancor. Rancor. Yeah, so... so I know we are ending on this negative note here, but still, what'd you think after talking about this episode? I, I still, I, I still think it's it's spotty. It's a spotty episode. Like, I, I, which I, one I did feel... you enjoy better, this or the ice spider one with the frog lady from Mandalorian? The ice, the two? ice spider one at least has a a beginning, middle, and end to the story. This does not have a beginning, middle, and end. This has a, this has like seven scenes, and they're all over the place. Like from the flashback scene to the black chrysanthemum scene to the speeder bike scene, it, it's it's all over the place. It's all over the place, and I and that's unfortunate compared to the last episode. And maybe maybe again, these future episodes will make this episode seem better. But it's, there was it's, another. It's, it's something. It's funky. There was another uh, Easter egg I forgot to point out was during that slow chase. The painting. One of the right? bikes goes right through the painting, which is a Ralph McQuarrie painting artwork of Jabba the Hutt. I thought that was cool. Well, interesting thing about that painting, the painting by Ralph McQuarrie has Luke Skywalker in it, but the painting that they crash through does not. That makes sense. So there you go. So that is the book of Boba Fett, Chapter 3, The Streets of Mos Espa. All right. So there we have it. Uh, we're coming back with episode four next of seven now, unless they keep adding to it. And again, we, uh, <laughs> if you want any thoughts about Peacekeeper, you want us to do some of that, we're, I'm watching that show and loving it. So if you guys, again, go to your window and yell outside or just go to Facebook or any of the other ways of catching with us. Let us know if you'd like to hear anything about Peace. Uh, peace I keep saying Peacekeeper, didn't I? I meant Peacemaker. Oh. I have to go back and re-edit it out the entire time. So that's it for three episodes. Four more to go. Until then, I'm Jerry. And I'm Joel. We'll talk to you next time.